Hey, it's John. Football is back, and this Ravens season, there are huge prizes to be won at Safeway. Enter Safeway's Flock In and Win Sweepstakes, and you can win up to $10,000 cash or autograph Ravens merchandise. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at SafewayFlockInAndWin.com. Safeway makes sure Ravens fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Safeway, the official supermarket of the Baltimore Ravens. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Millions of despairing men, women, and little children. Victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. You cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and seed to the far corners of the kingdom of God, the The kingdom of heaven. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end. We're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another civilization. Most of the people in here are just your reflections. They're your mistakes. 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. One million of the planet's eight million species are threatened. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Your lives and the credibility of the United Nations is at stake. Epstein didn't kill himself. The reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization. They're trying to take you out with bullshit. The experience of the past two years has proven beyond doubt that no nation can appease the Nazis. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. In the language of the U.S. Department of Defense, these are unidentified aerial phenomena. Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. Uh, There is very compelling evidence that we uh, we may not be alone. This is the Garden of Doom. Welcome everyone, it's Garden of Doom, and we're welcoming back in our friend Tashira Pather from, well, the host of two podcasts, The Asian Tapestry and uh, Legendary Africa. And uh, we've done one show on some of the folklore and myths and legends and scary stories from India, which were not that scary, but but Tashira promises me that in Africa there are much more scary stories. So first of all, hello Tashira, thank you for coming back in. It's a pleasure to see you and have you on the show again. Thanks so much, Jeff. No, it's great for you. Okay, and then just you can reintroduce yourself to the listeners. There's a lot of new listeners. Uh, the show's grown a lot, which is great. And yeah, great. So if they haven't heard your 
you before. Tell a little bit about yourself. And at the end of the show, obviously, you'll be able to promote your podcast and any other ventures you've got going on. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I mean, basically, I'm doing a, I'm doing a PhD in classics, and um, that's kind of where my interest in sort of myths and legends began. And I thought, why not make a, you know, why not do a podcast? So I started off with Legendary Africa uh, because I'm from South Africa, and I really connected with these African myths and legends. But I'm also um, from South Asian uh, heritage, and so the Asian tapestry sort of just put those two, brought those two pieces of myself together. Um, and I just love retelling tales and, and sort of bringing awareness to these stories uh, for people. And, and generally, I, I stick to the, you know, the children's safe sort of stories for my most of my podcasts. Um, and yeah, the, the Asian tales we tell last time are pretty mild. But I promise that, the, you know, Africa pulls it out. We've got some scary shit. Yeah, good. Well, that's what we want with the scary shit. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to get there. And I, I can't wait till you make your way into like sort of Chinese and Japanese folklore, if you if you intend to go that far with the Asian tapestry, yeah. So there there's a there's some scary and fun stuff there, and uh, you know you'll get Monkey King and the mm. Imunus, which I think are those nine tailed foxes. I'm probably saying it wrong, um, but you know. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't know too much about about it really, and I often wonder, you know, whether I have the authority to talk about that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't know. It's always a bit of a discussion, I suppose. Oh no, I'll bestow the authority to you, upon you, at least okay. in, at least within the jurisdiction of the Garden of Doom. Yes, yes. Well, not so great, but you know, uh, <laughs> I, I only have jurisdiction of this this uh, quasi imaginary realm of the Garden of Doom. So, anyway, so let's stick to something that you do have authority over because you get to define what you have authority over, not me, and that is uh, the lores and legends of Africa. So, the floor is yours. Scare us. Okay, brilliant. So, uh, we're going to start off with the Popobawa. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of the Popobawa, but essentially it's a sex demon. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it originated on the island of Pemba, actually pretty pretty recently, around 1965. So, it's more of a modern urban legend, you could call it. Where is uh, the island of Pemba? So the island of Pemba is actually a, a island uh, belonging to Tanzania, um, which is on the, the so the island is part of the uh, Zanzibar um, archipelago, uh, which is just like a bunch of islands off the coast of East Africa. Okay. Um, and uh, Pemba Island, or also known as Al Jazeera Al Khadra, uh, which means the Green Island in Arabic, um, it's a it's like a Islamic uh, population over there. Um, but Papa Baba is actually Swahili, and that simply means bat wing. So Swahili Papa is bat, and Baba is wing. So that's how you got it. This is essentially a shapeshifter, and it takes on quite a few animal forms as well, the human form. But the most uh, popular depiction is that it has one eye, large bat wings, and sharp claws on its feet. And it hunts at night, it has a sulfurous odor, all those human things. Mm -hmm. And it climbs up onto the roof like some kind of evil Santa Claus. And instead of <laughs> coming down the chimney and dropping presents, it scrapes its t claws across the tiles to let you know that he's coming down, gets into your house, or walks through walls. And um, kind of indiscriminately anally rapes men, women, and children while they're sleeping. 
Okay. Well, this is yeah. a, that, that is a very nasty sex demon, and yeah. Know, okay, and can walk through walls as well. So it's a shapeshifter yeah. and a density shifter. So it's like a evil vision meets a harpy meets a cyclops. Yeah, basically, it can only walk through walls when it's got this magic medicine that it puts on its tail. Uh, but I mean, that's just one of the stories. Well, how easy to come by is this magic medicine for the pemboir? I'm not sure. It's only been reported once that it did that, so clearly it's a bit rare. Or maybe there's different types. <laughs> one one of them comes down your chimney, the other one walks through your wall. By the way, it's now escaping it. Okay, so you're saying it's only been reported once. So reported to who? Like local authorities? Like is this something that people uh, are treating as if it's real? Or better yet, it is real? Uh, I think opinion is split even to this day. Uh, there's actually been a few reports uh, so, as I said, 1965 was one of them. Um, in the 1970s, they thought that the Papa Bawa was summoned by someone who wanted to take revenge on their neighbors, but he lost control of it, and that's basically why it's roaming around freely now. Uh, but actually, the most recent settings was in Dar es Salaam uh, in, the, in 2000 and 2007. So, this is recent. Um, and they think that it, it was reported, and again, this is like, this is being reported to journalists or something like that. And there's one side of people that will say, look, it's it's just sort of propaganda, or it could be people trying to cover up actual rapes that happen, and then there are people who believe it. So um, this one person reports that the Papa Bar one is around a night, practically naked. It has a cow's tail, and that's a tail that they reported was covered in the medicine. Um, and they <laughs> they report that the Papa Bar was penis, essentially, okay. uh, enlarges really, really large while when they come in to attack. And um, and it tells them, it speaks to its victim and says that if you don't tell people about me, I'll come back and do it again much, much worse. And hmm. there was this one man who reported that he didn't say anything because it turns out he actually kind of liked it and didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so he felt no shame. But, uh, okay. It's a- you know. Everyone to themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, that's an interesting kink. Um, <laughs> but I guess he spared lots of other people the pain of being sodomized by a demon of some sort or just an animal that we don't understand. I, I don't know. It, it's why it's reported as naked. Is it ever reported as clothed? Uh, I don't think. Well, it's practically naked. So maybe it's wearing some sort of loincloth or... Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. It's never been reported otherwise. No. Uh, I'm wondering if there's like a, you know, haberdasher or a tailor that, that specializes <laughs> in high-end, uh, like, like where does this thing shop? And so gender-wise, it's, it's always male? Well, I, I think just because we have a penis, they're saying that it's, it's going to be male, but it, it's it thought of as a demon. I suppose it doesn't, if they're not really thinking that it has any kind of gender. Mm-hmm. Um, and it attacks everybody, essentially. Um but um, what I thought was interesting is that it, it's such a it's such a new sort of uh, demon. Like it's weird to me that people are still thinking about this. Yeah, this is a, fifty-seven <laughs> years old since uh, nineteen sixty-five that that's, that someone has imagined or discovered. Let's go with discovered because mm-hmm. it's Garden True. of Doom. We don't we don't uh, we don't dismiss that this could be real. Um, True. As back, we say it's absolutely one hundred percent real. Uh, breaking news, folks. There's a, a cycloptic, uh, bat-winged, cow-tailed, talon-footed um, 
or just Talon'd, um, <laughs> sex demon out there. It, it, it's coming for you. Luckily for you all, it's on an island off of Eastern Africa. Yeah, uh, it's okay. Yeah, for for those of you who are in on those islands in East Africa, probably not so good. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you can do something about. It. Watch Jason and the Argonauts; they did a pretty good job with har- harpies. I imagine the same thing would work, <laughs> though. Maybe not the cornucopia method. Well, they said that the <laughs> uh, they said that the one way to avoid it is to sleep outside of your house, which I found weird, but okay. So maybe they associate the house with humanity as opposed to if you're camping, they think maybe you're an animal, maybe animals are safe? Maybe, yeah. Do they, are, on that, are there any reports of anybody's pets being violated, like, like dogs or cats or, you know, uh, potbelly pigs, whatever people might keep, you know, indoors with them? No, they haven't been. I think, and I think the reason why is because it tells them afterwards, after Jay's finished you know, assaulting them, that they must talk about it. So I think he, he oh, it, whatever I'm saying, he, but it it wants them to tell others that this is what it's done, and then obviously they can't do that with animals. Well, it's clearly intelligent, so if I slept, like, under mm-hmm. a bear rug, or I slept in my uh, Winnie the Pooh onesie, um, that probably wouldn't fool the, the, the beast. Oh, yeah, no, actually, that might just make it more excited. Okay. You never know. I, I, I stand warned. I am forewarned of this. <laughs> All right, so so this guy, so it's, since it's a demon, I assume that procreation is not its goal. It's immortal. Seems like it, yeah. yeah. And it, nobody seems to know, like, if there's many of them, one of them, they don't know. Now, it is possible that, you know, in a lot of UFO abduction uh, stories, there, there are probes, including anal probes. Perhaps yeah. those people uh, were have been violated by this this demon instead of actually aliens and just, you know, misconstrued or it was easier to process, process it in their mind as alien rather than demonic. Mm. That's possible. Okay. All right, we're mm. not going to rule anything out. All right, well, it, it, you come out strong with a, with a talon-footed cyclops, uh, you know, sex demon that, that's, that's uh, violating, you know, men, women, and children equally, uh, but leaving the animals alone. My friend Drew Yari would be happy about that in some perverse way because he uh, he was posting something, and that's not his real name, so I'm not giving up away. Plus, he has a podcast, so uh, which is called the Drew Yari Show. So he would certainly appreciate uh, any sort of drop, and I'm happy to do it. But he was uh, he posted recently. Are there any horror movies where the, uh, the the killers like animals and just kill humans? And you know, I was trying to come up with some, and uh, he wasn't satisfied with any of my answers, but. Um, Maybe, maybe maybe he found one, and maybe a movie can be made about this creature who seems to like animals and uh, maybe not mm. kill you. Does it ever kill? Does it kill any humans, or just it repeatedly violates them for not um, retelling the story, or because it's only fifty-seven years old? We don't know yet. Uh, no, there have been reports, although uh, not no specific ones that I could tell you. Like turning it down to the air, um, that it does kill people sometimes. It, it more uh, often um, assaults them, but it, it can kill them by, while you're sleeping, it comes and it sits on your on your chest, and then basically slowly, like really slowly, crushes you to death. So it's premeditated, or is it just that, like, after it's, uh, how do we say this, uh, after it's fulfilled itself, it, you know, you know how sometimes people just roll over and fall asleep? 
you know, does, does it sort of just fall asleep on you and crushes you inadvertently or does it know what it's doing? No, I think it's intentional. Okay, so so it does kill also. So, all right, th- there you go, Drew. That's a horrible, painful death that, that you can uh, fund that movie for. So, this what, what's this called again? The, the Papa Bauer? Papa, Papa Bauer, yeah. Papa Bauer, Drew, the Papa Bauer is dedicated to you. Uh, in south in southwest texas go get him papa bauer um <laughs> <laughs> anyway all right so what what do we have next you know it would have been even nice if it was sexy you know like you know maybe some people like to be crushed by like a muscle dude but you can see that he's got one eye and wings like that's not particularly i mean for some people maybe listen there's something for everyone out there uh I, i'm not sure that the sexiness of this can be preserved from a you know anthropomorphic uh, standpoint anyway but you know strange things seem to work for zeus and others so you know they're, they're, you know pe- people have their kinks I, I i'm finding it hard to imagine this one but that doesn't you know listen maybe i'm just a square <laughs> that makes you a person. yeah all right so who do who do we have other than the the sex freak the in the those East, off the coast of, uh, well, Western Africa, for us, islands. All right, yeah. Uh, so this is the Asan Bassam, or sometimes also known as Sasa Bansam. Um, and that's slightly more mild. It's, it's a uh, vampiric creature, I would say, uh, from Akan folklore in Ghana, um, also in the law of Togo. And it was brought to Jamaica um, in the 18th century by uh, the slave trade. Sure. Um, and so the Asan Bassam is... Depicted as an emaciated humanoid upper body. Uh, it's got bright pink skin, kind of like, uh, you know, like when your skin peels off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pink skin, long red hair, which is interesting, short arms, a wingspan of 20 feet, twisted feet that sometimes go backwards, claws, and horns, and it's got hooked legs which allow it to hang from branches. Oh, and it has iron teeth. So it's, it's got everything. What kind of wings are they? Uh, leathery, so like a bat. Okay, so also sort of reptilian type of wings, but short arms, almost like a, like a like a dinosaur, like a Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just saying it doesn't seem as scary now. No, no, it's still plain scary. I mean, it's got its it's got its hooked feet, which I guess are sort of talons or maybe worse. It's got its sharp fangs, as you said. It doesn't really need its arms if it's got the wings and the talons. I mean the. The talons can can you know you know and your hook legs can act as your arms. I mean, uh, I can, yeah, that's true. I mean, turkey vultures don't have arms and they're fat. Tur- tur- turkey vultures? Nah, eh, turkey vultures. Uh, just the small vultures that are in my, my neck of the woods, which is uh, the, the most common vultures are like the turkey vultures, not like the big ones. They're sort of like you know big crows, but they're small vultures. They they eat roadkill and stuff, and you know they're like regular vultures, but you know. Like chicken size, sure. yeah, oh, okay. or turkey size maybe, and maybe that's probably where the name came from. But I've seen some big ass turkeys. Um, turkeys are huge. Yeah. yeah, so they're not as big as you know, like a Thanksgiving turkey. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, maybe you know some of the. Have you tried things. cooking it? Uh, turkey vulture. Yeah. No, but in all honesty, there's very little I've actually tried to cook. Um, that they, they, they would be, uh, you know, felt, I mean, you know, chicken breasts on the. On a grill is, is probably as much as I've you know tried to cook. I, I'm pretty good on a grill, I, that, yeah. that I will say. Um, but you know I'm not the butcher or the hunter or anything like that. So the answer to that is no. Um, 
I was going to say I'll try anything once, but yeah, not, not really interested. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so so this thing is in Western Africa. Um, does it stay within this these territories or does it move afoot? Uh, no, I think it's, its longest journey has been to Jamaica, really. So, well, that's, that's a pretty long journey. Um, you know. Yeah, I'm going to say it goes wherever the, uh, the Akan people go, I guess. That's, you know, that's his people. Well, <laughs> and, um, and wherever there's forests, so it lives in, in forests. And, and if you wander into its territory, that's when it's going to, it spots you and it stalks you jumping from tree to tree uh, until it decides this is when I'm going to kill you, falls on you, rips out your throat with its iron teeth and drains the blood from your body. So, if Jamaican folk move to Baltimore, it's very unlikely that... What's this creature called again? Uh, Asan Basan. Asan Basan. It's very unlikely that Asan Basan has come to Baltimore. But if you move to sort of the swampier areas of, you know, like the Everglades, near the Everglades, or near New Orleans, you know, sort of around the bayou, um, then there's a pretty good chance that there, there's some Asan Basans uh, made to the United States or an, anywhere that... Uh, and in... You know, does it okay is it a human that transforms into it or is it its own creature it's its own creature okay so it just it just sort of followed the people sort of uh, mm. did it hide in the cargo ships did it fly from above um, does it teleport does it matter you know I like to think that it was actually intentionally brought with, by the people by oh. somebody Okay. And so does it feed only? Did it maybe, uh, what's its favorite prey? Uh, basically, it has a territory. And if you come into its territory, it doesn't matter who you are, uh, whether you were worshipping it or anything. If you cross into its path, it will kill you. So the person who brought it, they're not protected in any way. It's the, 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 the beast is agnostic. It will, it will kill whoever comes in its way. Yeah, I mean, this is me posting that someone bought it, so, you know. Well, you're the I'll authority. We, we vested that authority upon you, so. Um, yeah, I'm just saying it's somebody else's different opinion, totally. But, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it, it, it cares. I'm going with it doesn't discriminate as long as you're in its way. So it doesn't have familiar, so it's, it, but it, does it suck blood? You said it was vampiric, so it drinks blood, or does it just yeah. rend the flesh from from its victim? No, so it, it basically uses its teeth, it rips open the entire neck and then drains the blood from there until it's like human is basically a husk. Okay. Well, it is an emaciated torso, so yeah, that, that would indicate it probably doesn't need a whole lot of protein. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. blood. So yeah, that, that, that definitely is a vampire creature. I did not come across that when I was looking into vampires from around the world. That's interesting how that, how that missed me. How, around how long has this legend uh, been around the other one we you identify as 1965 has this one been around much longer hear that that's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack and that that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors right now there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day that's why at Paraton we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Introducing TGI Friday's new Fox on the Rock sauce, a bold, sweet barbecue with a kick at Jamie Foxx's BSB-flavored whiskey that's perfect on ribs, steak, and wings. It's also great in craft cocktails like our new BSB Foxy Mule. So come get saucy only at Friday's. Uh, I would 
I would say much longer. I think the first identifiable date we have is around the 18th century, uh, but that's when it came to Jamaica. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. obviously, then it, it is existed much longer um, into the annals of time, as they say. All right. So we've got we've got our first, uh, probably the truest vampire until sort of, uh, you know, the, the the past thousand years when like our you know Dracula type of vampire sort of came into play. So you know, I, I did a little uh, study on this with uh, C the Superior, who has been a guest on the show two or three times, at least three times, and. Uh, we found that a lot of the antecedents of the vampire really could be an antecedent to a witch, a werewolf, a zombie, any sort of revenant. And so all these things were sort of wrapped into, you know, a vampire. And then the, the more modern vampire, you know, maybe isn't even until the 1800s, um, but certainly not any uh, later than, say, the, the, you know, 13th or 14th century. Um, actually, they just earned, they just dug up a... Burial. I forgot where it was. I think it was Romania, which is entirely appropriate, where they dug up a, a skeleton and they found that there was like a scythe over the neck so that if it did come back to life, it would cut its head off again. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, the, you know, if you say, nah, that's just an old wives' tale, people weren't that superstitious. That Yeah, they, they were. <laughs> yes, they were. They still are. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they, you're right. This is true. But that, that's probably a topic for a different show. All right, so we, I, go ahead. I want to be that's you know what? Yes. I want to be buried like that just so people think that I am actually a vampire. Well, you can put that in your last will and testament. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, and and have that. I'm I am sure that can be done. I hope so. All you need That'd is a scythe or, or really you don't even need a scythe, just razor wire would do it. True. Yeah. 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 And we've got a lot of that background so that would be Oh, well, okay then. I guess, yeah. Swell. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So we move on to who's next or what's next. So we've got the Kishi next. Have you have you heard of Kishi? I know there's been a few books made on it. I don't know. I I don't recognize it by name, but maybe I'll recognize it by description. So the Kishi is kind. Of, so it's classed as a demon, uh, but it's more where hyena vibes really uh, um, i've heard of the were hyena yeah yeah this is kind of like an only word uh kind of like how the modern vampire is supposed to be sort of seductive and draw you in it's about like that so this is actually from angola uh i couldn't give you a date it seems to be a legend that's been brought from the old times um so it's described as an attractive young man usually well built very very charming um and it's he's got long hair and on the back of him, so the back of his head, the long hair is actually covering a hyena's face. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, this hyena is classic, long, sharp teeth, dripping with saliva, waiting for, you know, just for when he gets the order to swivel its head around and eat you. Um, and the kishi is a bit like a, well, like a pit bull. So, you know, when it bites you, it, nothing, can, nothing can take off its jaws. It won't, it won't uh, relinquish. Um, so it, it lives in, supposedly lives in the hills, and it travels down into cities and um, any place that's populated. And it chooses young victims, uh, usually someone that they sense is vulnerable. And it takes its time. It seduces this woman, it charms them with its human side. Um, and eventually, once they trust him enough, they take them off to a secluded spot, back to its den 
and eventually kills them. But before he kills them, he plays with them first. So mm. he he makes it known that he's going to kill her, lets her try to run, chases her, grabs her, lets her run again, playing with them basically until until finally he decides to rip into the flesh and chow down. So I'm sort of picturing on the front end the the, the character, the king from The Walking Dead, with the, with the long dreadlocks there, gray, but uh, but still very youthful. Um, maybe Lenny Kravitz, but I don't think he ever had the long dreadlocks. Um, and on the back, I'm picturing Ugla the Mock from Thunder the Barbarian, a little bit less hyena-ish, but but close enough for government work anyway. Uh, hyenas do have very strong jaws. I think that the, their jaws are actually stronger than most of the big cats in Africa. Um, really? I think only the jaguar has a, has a stronger jaw in the predator uh, or in the mammal predator. I mean, uh, you know, crocodiles and alligators and hippopotamus have, I think, have stronger jaws. I, I could be wrong about that, but then, then you get into like some of the other dogs, like mastiffs and things that have like really strong jaws. Uh, but I think the jaguar actually has the strongest jaw, at least pound for pound. Tigers might. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Um, we need a zoologist. I'm, I'm more into the cryptozoology than the zoology at this at this stage. Um, since it's part hyena or hyena-ish, does it run in packs or is it solitary? It's it's by itself, and there's even some there's even some stories that it, it doesn't uh, kill the woman straight away. So it actually has spins its tail for quite a few years. It actually marries yeah, marries. It's uh, this woman and has a child, and once the child is born, then it kills her and oh. takes the child and, and raises it to be a flesh eater. But then, you know, at some point, separates from him because they, they yeah, they hunt in by themselves. In. I imagine they have to use uh, some sort of natural birth indoors alone, or or you'd have to kill all of the witnesses, not just mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although I think if they, he's probably like raising them in in secluded in some way, yeah. Oh, I'm just working about in the immediacy. Like, I imagine the, the baby's born, mission accomplished, kill mom, and I guess he convinces her to that he can deliver babies, and since she's in love, that, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They go into the bathtub, fill it up with warm water, whatever, and before she can see that the baby, or right after she sees that the baby has a demon head, um, because you're not born with long hair, right? Well, maybe they are if you're half-demon. Um... I don't know. So it's 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 always male and it's always going after women. Seems like yeah, yeah. Wow. And um, what I want to know, and I think would be really cool, is is how it. So it's human faces on the front. So does its head like does a three sixty, so that it could turn, or does it eat backwards? That's a good question. I mean, you know, sort of like the, the movie what was it malignant or malevolent? It was malignant where. Uh, you know, the, the women's uh, limbs all, you know, sort of went backwards, uh, you know, and the back of the head opened up uh, when the, you know, the malignancy from the back came up. So I'm going to go with something like that, um, even though, folks, don't see Malignant. It was not a good movie. Uh, the, if you want to see part of it, watch the, the scene where they're in the women's prison cell, in the holding cell. That that was some great violence. Um, <laughs> but, but besides that, it was like so corny 80s style also, but with... Uh, more modern uh, practical effects, or see whatever it was CGI, but yeah. Oh, uh, like that new uh, Chainsaw Killer movie that was in, that was bad. Oh, new bad. horror movies are bad, but that's that's a topic for a, a different show. But yeah, I, I yeah, Th- those kind of slasher ones. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I laugh when you're not supposed to laugh. Like if the violence is 
so cartoonish and and you know like I just want to see you know good ways oh, of yeah, killing yeah. and and just like tomato sauce. Right, and when it satisfies me, it's like ha ha, I laugh instead of like ah, like like a scream. So you know, yeah. But yeah, the, 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 generally speaking, any movie that Netflix produces, if it's okay, that's that's a home run for them, and uh, everything else yeah. is crap. Malignant, however, wasn't on Netflix, and neither was the recent Halloween movie. Those are all going like straight to Peacock and the theaters at the same time. That's also a pretty good indication of the quality of a movie. It's going if it's being released in theaters and on Peacock at the same time. Um, but anyway, I like I like the psychological horrors. Like I really quite enjoyed. I mean, Midsummer. I guess you could say it's more of a cult horror, but yeah. it definitely had a lot of interesting psychological aspects. I do too. I uh, like Hereditary, The Witch. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, oh, the, the Witch is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Back in the old days, the Rosemary's Baby, The Omen. Yeah, I'm definitely much more intrigued by things like that. Though a well done horror movie, you know, uh, I have nothing against Friday the Thirteenth and. I mean, the original Halloween and, and Halloween 2. Halloween 2 is a, a terrific sequel. And, uh, um, oh, jeez. Uh, Hellraiser. First Hellraiser is fa- fantastic. Oh, yeah. That was really good. Yeah. So I'm not against slasher films by any means. I just want them to be good. That's all. Like, you know, uh, mm. slasher is so, not an excuse not to have a story. Yeah. Or if they know they're bad, then own it, you know. You can get really funny horror films who know they're being funny. Yeah, the problem is these days that, you know, their their market used to be to, like, the, you know, 13 to 16-year-old boys who would go see anything. But those people now have a million other things occupying their times, including video games, which actually do have stories that are better than the movies. So uh, step up your game, Hollywood, and, and everywhere else. Anyway, we have to step up our game and get into our next monster. Uh, so we've got the Incan Yamba. So this is actually uh, one of our creatures. So it's from South Africa. It's uh, a Zulu, uh, well, it's a creature talked about by the Zulu people. Um, and the Incan Yamba is essentially a, a water spirit. Um, it's got the body of a snake and the head of a horse. Oh. Yeah, don't ask me why, but that's, <laughs> that's how it is. Um, it lives in Tawak Falls, which um, isn't far away from where I live, actually. It's, you know, basically in the next area. So be careful. Um, no, I've, I've been there, and very sadly, I have not seen the Inkanyamba, which was very disappointing for me. Uh, but, you know, just wasn't my lucky day. <laughs> or maybe it was. Maybe it <laughs> well, saw you. Thing. Oh, well, no, don't they I kill you when you see them? Yeah, but, you know, at least I would have seen it. Isn't that, isn't that part of the experience? You see it, and then they kill you? At least I would have seen it. It's uh, worth it. <laughs> well, who would know? Me! Before I die. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. All right. You know what? It's it's your jam. So that that, that, <laughs> that that's fine. Who am I to say anything? Okay. So we have a snake with a horse's head. Weird, but doesn't sound terrifying yet. So what what's it? What what other properties does it have? Does it have that makes it terrifying? So I think it in itself, in terms of what it actively does, isn't that scary because it doesn't. It doesn't target specific people. It can basically create storms and, and hail, and it kills that way, um, in mass mass disasters. Um, it's usually placated by um, sankomas, so the uh, uh, the what's the word? Uh, like magical healers uh, in South Africa, and they pray to it and appease it and stuff like that. Um, but 
it seems to have a psychological hold on certain people and people go up to the falls and around around 40 to 45 people have just leapt off uh, and, and, and been smashed against the rocks uh, below. So it's a weather, a localized weather god, basically, that from time to time needs to be appeased by a ritual suicide. Kind of, kind of seems like that, yeah, yeah. And you just cut your the people that's compelled to go over. It's a little bit scary. You know you've been doing a show called Garno Doom too long when you just come up with that description that actually made perfect sense without any pre- preparation or thought. <laughs> so, so you, but also cool. I like the way your brain looks. Yeah, you, you know that something twisted happened and happened in your brain at some point. It's just hard to identify exactly when. Okay, so <laughs> is it a horse like, you know, like cowboys ride a horse or is it a horse like a seahorse head or, you know, hippo, you know, it means horse in Greek. Is it maybe like a hippo head or is it just like the, you know, the neigh, you know, hi-ho silver away horse? Um, it's, it's, I would say probably seahorse. Um, I actually have a, a, when I went to uh, the falls, I, I bought a um, wooden necklace, and it's a, it's a figure of the Inca Nyamba, and it looks more like a seahorse. Well, yeah. that makes sense, because seahorses live in the water, too, and, and okay, I, I prefer it, because, like, I was going to wonder, how's, how's it lived, you know, horses, you know, are not aquatic. They like water, yeah. but I, I don't think they particularly enjoy swimming in water, and certainly not snorkeling, uh, and they would at least need to snorkel. Uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> just, just like the water sport. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Fall to your death. Wait, I need to just breathe. Right. Fall to your death. <laughs> but but the seahorse is built for water. I mean, hence seahorse. Yeah. So okay, that uh, also yeah. also a bit of a sea dragon because apparently it can fly when it's looking to mate. Oh, that's terrific. So who does it mate with? I mean, I guess there's so there's male and female. Are there any different can can us from the outside? I know you've never seen one to your to your dismay. Unfortunately. But, but from uh, us from the outside, can we differentiate between a male and a female or only they can? No, I think only they can. Also I think as you say, nobody has loved to, to say okay. what the defining features of a male and female would be. It's just, you know, that's all we all can, we only can see like a horse head and Right. The rest of the snake, yeah. Of we know in, in nature, men are much more beautiful than, than women in, in, you know, across the board. The, the birds, the lions have their manes, there's more color. The peacock has its, mm. has its lovely tail. The peahen, not so much, you know, uh, uh, you know. And of course, I'm more beautiful than, than Sofia Vergara and, you know, and, oh, uh, and Mila Kunis and, you know, and all that. So, um, you know, it's, it's just not fair. Poor Linda Carter back in 1978 saying, God, I wish I was as beautiful as that guy. Um, so, all right. Enough about me and and that. So, all right. So who who else have we got? I, I know that there is a were hyena. Um, where is uh, the were hyena and what does the were hyena do and what's it called? I mean, it can't just be called the were hyena. There's got to be like a you know, a, a language, a localized language with a cooler name than Were Hyena? Um, actually, a lot of the time it is called, uh, it is called Were Hyena. Uh, but let me just pull up, I have like a whole lot here. The damn British. I, have, <laughs> I know, right? They're just coming, yeah, spoiling everything. Um, 
So let's take a look over here. As you speak perfect English, you know, of uh, Indian descent living in South Africa, four generations. <laughs> it's just, it's just, speaking, well, now the King's English. You can't say the Queen's English anymore. Now I have to say the King's oh, English. No. That's sad. Because he doesn't have as nice English as she does. You know, I said what I said. It's okay. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so the way I know it's actually in a bunch of places, as far as I remember. So I think it's in it's in Somalia. Oh, actually, yes. Somalia is where it's called something different. Um, wait, I had it written down here somewhere. Oh, yes. Kori Ismaros. Kori uh, Ismaros. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but it, it means... <laughs> no daddy jokes, please. It means he who rubs himself with the stick. Well, he who rubs the stick. Okay. I wasn't going to make a dirty joke, but I'm definitely not going to now. But because she said it, I sort of want to, but I won't. Do it, do it. No, no, I'm not going to. I, I'm not, <laughs> this is this is not that kind of show. I mean, we 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 have our own like you know deviances, but that that's not one of them. this is not this is not a sexual proclivity show. Now, if it's part and parcel of the of the creature's story, that that's fine. But you know, not my own. I'll keep those things mostly to myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it has. This is a human who has a magical stick, and after he rubs it, he turns into a hyena essentially and goes up and hunts and stuff like that. Um, and I know that there was a thinking that I can well, tell you. When well, no thin symbolism there. <laughs> <laughs> what were we just talking about? I mean, I mean, talk about imagery. I mean, that that's about as that's about as thing as little. Peter Piper, you know, who, who was the kid in the HR Puff and stuff with the magic flute? I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Piper. Right. <laughs> or a giant beanstalk. I mean, come on. I'm telling you. Um, I think there was also a. I mean, you rub, uh, you rub the stick and you like become your inner, you know, you know, apex predator male. Yeah, and I have questions like how many times do they have to rub the stick? You know what I'm saying? And does it work only for men, or can a woman also rub the stick and become a, a were hyena? I mean, there are women hyenas, obviously. She hyenas, yeah. I, I don't know. Actually, hyenas are matriarchal. Yeah, see, the queen. The, 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 that's, uh, well, I'm going to pretend I knew that. I didn't. Uh, that, that, that's really interesting. I, I had no idea. Is that is that the case with other uh, canine pack hunting animals? Uh, none that I know, because I know wolves have male leaders, um, I thought so. lions also. I mean, the lion, the lioness is hunt, but the lion is still the leader. Yeah, the, the male gets all the bounty and is the head of the pride. I mean, the, the women do the work, which, I mean, now that I think about it, sort of not so different. For, society. Yeah, yeah, not so different than my own household, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. I, I don't know if there's any uh, primates, potentially. No, but, uh, but I can't think. But yeah, the hyena is the, the, the woman are in charge of you. Well, well, no wonder she's always laughing. She's like, ah, suckers. The the rest, the the rest of the the rest of you can't get it done. Okay, all right. Well, good for good for them. So there's the 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 queen wear hyena as well. Uh, so there's yeah, like female. Yeah, I, I I keep like trying to genderize a hyena as if it doesn't cover you know both you know the. the the two genders, and you know, I don't know if hyenas are non-binary as well, but or or where hyenas, uh, but this is yeah. But it's this is probably not particularly important to their story because uh, I, I imagine what well maybe it is. What what does the where hyena do? Does it terrorize and eat people, or is there any sort of uh, is it like our first beast where there's a you know 
unwanted sexual encounters involved? No, I think so. It, it seems to depend on the place. So the Somali uh, Q, what did I say? Q is Maris. Um, seems to hunt, but they don't specify whether it hunts humans or animals. Okay. So it could be not so creepy. Um, there's a there's a belief uh, that blacksmiths back in the day were thought to be were hyenas, and that belief came from people thinking that they had magical powers because they could control fire, they could bend iron to their wool, you know. Uh, so they thought that they could turn in, people were told, don't trust the blacksmith, you know, don't let your children near him, it's quite bad. Um, and then, yeah, I believe that you do have your uh, regular, I think, in Nigeria and Sudan. In Sudan, um, they thought where hyenas uh, transformed at night and came to they hunted and they would especially hunt lovers at night. They would come in and look for a couple and tear them apart. Yeah. Just just like Jason Voorhees would do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, Lover's Lane is a, is a favorite place of, of killers everywhere, including warehouses. So it's interesting because Somalia and Sudan are pretty close to each other, but then Nigeria is on the outside of the continent. Oh, yeah, and then and also there's, um, Ethiopia has them as well. Uh, but I suppose, you know, it would have all sort of spread around yeah, the I mean, people well, the, traveling. Well, neither the hyena nor the were-hyena is going to honor the borders of man. I mean, you know, so, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure Eritrea has them, and just because I like saying it, Djibouti uh, must have <laughs> it. I'm such a child. Um, Djibouti. Right, Djibouti. <laughs> but, like, to get, you know, you know, from Sudan to Nigeria, you've got to cross a bunch of countries in between. I mean, I think the Chad is in there, and that's a pretty big country, and I, I, mm. I mean... Well, this, this, this story is aware, you know, Chad as well. So basically, you know, as it goes, it, it makes its uh, mark. So anything sort of sub-Saharan or is that the Horn of Africa? Is that what like Ethiopians might, is that called the Horn? Yeah. Okay. I always get the Horn uh, and the Capes confused. That the, I, I, no, you could tell me a hundred times which is the Cape of Good Hope and which, which is Cape Horn and I'll get it wrong every time. Oh, no. My, I should know the geography of Africa, but honestly, it's... Yeah. It's, it, I, I know that it's good certain parts, and then some parts are just shaking. Well, you're in South Africa, so it's pretty easy to remember. You know, I'm in the South. Exactly. Like, we're, now, we're at the bottom. Now, you should know which cape it is. I mean, since you are, you know, that that's your cape. You know, I know where Cape Hope is. <laughs> okay, so it's Cape Hope. Okay. Uh, and yeah, the thing yeah. is, you can ask me in 20 minutes, and there's a 50-50 chance I'll get it wrong. Because I, I just cannot retain this information in my head. I cannot retain Capricorn or Cancer, which is... In the north and the south, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I cannot retain latitude or longitude, which is lengthwise and which is, you know, uh, horizontal. You know, from uh, if you can take the a sphere floating in in the void as north and south. Um, but anyway, now we're getting a little bit. Keep, keep of keep of good hope is some really interesting ghost stories and mysterious shipwrecks, which might be a good way for you to remember if you want to go investigate. Okay, but that would be more like Chile, Argentina, Peru, right? Introducing the Planet Fitness Guide to getting that post-workout glow. Step one, what's your why? More epic energy, better sleep, blow off steam? Step two, join Planet Fitness for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime, and get moving. Go cardio crazy in our clean and spacious clubs, or get down with some dumbbells and strength equipment. Step three, bask in that post-workout glow. Join Planet Fitness today for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, October 14th. It's glow time. See club for details.
No, no. Um, down by our coast. So you're the Cape of Good Hope. You're not Cape Horn. No, no, we're Cape of Good Hope, yeah. So I just got it wrong. See? I got it, I got it wrong in this very show. Oh, sorry. I <laughs> so you're the Cape of Good Hope. All right, well, all right, well. I'm not going to do the research. I, I have, I have you. You, you, you might have just booked yourself for another story, for for another show, for for, 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 for yeah, yeah, shipwrecks and ghosts from the Cape of Good Hope, uh, which is right. the reason why they have to hope because it's unless you have good hope, it's could be bad. Um, oh yeah. So I, I've already have a title for that show: When Good Hope Goes Bad. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm not clapping. I'm tired. Uh, no, actually, if we're going to do that, then I won't, I won't tell you, but it's pretty, it's pretty epic. Right, no, no spoilers. I, I need, it needs to be spontaneous. Okay, so <laughs> the were hyena, is it, is it every day? Is it only a full moon? How does one become a were hyena? You know, are there things like garlic or silver bullets or holy water or crosses? I mean, is it, is it a parallel to the sort of the westernized werewolf or is it its, its own thing? So the Somali one, as we said, can transform itself. So purposely, intentionally transforms itself, potentially for benign reasons. Uh, the Sudan ones seem to transform at night, potentially unintentionally. Um, and, and they're very aggressive. They've got red eyes, sort of classic werewolf uh, features. Um, only, of course, they look like a wolf, like a hyena. Um, well, hyenas are bigger be, than wolves, right? I mean, I, your average hyena is much bigger than your average wolf. And I, I think more aggressive. I mean, a pack of hyenas can take down a lion. Yeah, I think they'd have to be. The competition in Africa is, uh, you know, I mean, in, in North America, you know, a pack of wolves can scare off a cougar pretty easily. And the only thing that maybe they couldn't is a, is a bear, a grizzly mm-hmm. bear or something. And they're, you know, frankly, there aren't that many bears. So... And I'd say a pack of wolves can probably scare off a bear and, you know, maybe, I don't know, take them down. But, yeah, so the hyena, the were-hyena is probably bigger than your werewolf. Uh, so sometimes nocturnal, sometimes not. Sometimes it's like the she-hulk that can turn itself at will. Other times it's like your standard hulk where, you know, it, it's sort of uncontrollable. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it doesn't seem to be an easily killed. There's no stories of people successfully killing uh or even attempting to hunt it. So it seems like basically if it happens, it happens, people try to just stay out of their way. And I think the problem is because they can't tell who's aware, you know, that's why, you know, they say stay away from the blacksmiths, but they don't know anybody. Could be, if you're someone with a magical stick, anyone in your neighbor could be aware, you know? Yeah, and what if you were a blacksmith and you just changed professions all, all of a sudden, like, you know, you're... I mean, if you're a were hyena and you can, you know, kill things and take their riches, you don't, you don't really need to tell anyone what your actual profession is. You could just say, "I'm an investor. I invest in cryptocurrency." No one will know. <laughs> okay, wait. I need this book. Cryptocurrency <laughs> investor who's actually a were hyena. Well, that's just his cover for where he gets his money. No, nobody will know. I mean, you know, um, but you know, you could, you could actually be investor by day, were hyena by night. But that would be fine. Or she. Um, but yeah, I. I I don't know why, but I'm strangely happy that, that there's no known way to kill a were hyena. Yeah, which is interesting because, you know, there's so many stories of how to kill a werewolf mm-hmm. using silver, I think, is one of them. Silver um, bullets, sure. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, we, we seem to we seem to take the cautious approach, you know, we're like, you know, if they're going to kill you, they're going to kill you. Try not to get killed, but, you know. Well, you, bad could, luck, bad luck. 
Well, you could see how this was useful in Africa to tell your kids. I mean, there's don't even try to, to play games about hunting them. You can't. How that could be a parallel to regular hyenas and, you know, you know, regular animals, you know, probably as recently as two or three hundred years ago where, you know, where, you know, people and animals lived in close proximity and encounters were, you know, more and more were more frequent than, you know, they likely are now as places get more urbanized or, you know, even even the villages, you've got more people living together, which, you know, adds protection. Um, so, I don't also, know. also, I think the resilient nature uh, is quite is quite authentic to actual hyenas. Uh, we've got we've had stories of hyenas surviving terrible lion attacks. Uh, so, like this entire bottom half is basically they can't move it, but it, it actually carries itself on its legs and, and gets away. And so, maybe that's also part of it, you know. Very very uh, persistent animals, a lot of perseverance there. So there's there's no there's no give up in the hyena. Okay, well maybe hyenas have gotten a little bit, bit of a bad rap, you know, the bad guy and the Lion King and all that. They're kind of they're kind of cute. They're kind of cute actually. Yeah, uh, I've, seen, I've seen a few. <laughs> no, no, wait, bear with me. I've seen a few okay. hyenas and 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 wild dogs. Wild dogs are also very cute, very aggressive, but very cute. Uh, and um, they make stupid sounds, I have to say. But uh, you know, I, I've seen somebody. There's this guy who uh, he. He's a part of a lion pack, and he has uh, hyenas, and, and yeah, it looks kind of cute when he, you know, when he cuddles them. I mean, you can kill him, but you know, cuddly. Okay. It's like a like a cat, you know, could like, kill you if you wanted to. Like a cat, except a dog. Yeah, and much bigger and huge jaws. And, yeah, okay. Exactly the same. Well, very good. Uh, apparently, you have a twisted mind as well, a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the were hyena, no way of killing, uh, various tendencies, but. Uh, Big, big, strong werewolf, bigger, but it's a hyena, so it's bigger than a werewolf, and you know it might even look like a were tiger. So uh, the she hy the the she hyena, which is just as a hyena, probably it would be a combination of sort of a tigress and the she hulk from the Marvel universe in my mind. I'm I'm transmorphing them into one character. Um, yeah, I like it. Okay, that's um that works. All right, very good. I like were hyenas. So who else we got? We have there's another interesting sort of spurs-like thing called the Grutzlan. Ah, uh, that I've heard of the Grutzlan because it's it's uh, because it's spelled like Grutzland, right? Like like, like they're very Dutch two O's with the, the those vowels over the O's and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's um, great snake in Afrikaans. Um, right. So this so, is this is like a sea snake with like sort of like a like a like long fang heads and teeth and wings and like some sort of strange feet. Am I right? Something in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know there is one version that's like that. Um, I've seen a depiction of it actually. The, the one that's more popular with us in South Africa, uh, in the Eastern case specifically, is a, it's a huge dick between uh, 12, uh, 12 to 18 meters. I, uh, I don't know what that would be in feet. Probably to 60. Multiply by 3.3. But, you know, if it's 12 meters, it's probably like don't, don't 40 have, feet. I'm not asking you. Why, why, why would you do that? Well, a meter is like 3.3 feet is, is basically how it works out. So just three okay. feet. It's a meter is a little bit bigger than a yard, which is three feet. So, yeah, we can do three. So, you know, we're talking... We're talking 30, probably 40 to 55 feet long. Right. A really big snake. Yeah. 
a really big stick, yeah. And um, other version, its its head is actually up an elephant. It's elephant head that's, oh, that's on top right. of it. With the tusks, right? Tons of tusks. With, with the tusks, exactly. So, and it's got uh, a lot of free tusks, and but it also has rows of razor sharp teeth. Of course, because you know it needs to be able to chow down on the. It, it eats elephants. It actually does eat elephants. Um, and and so, do you uh, do you know the legend behind the fruit song? I do not. Or if I did, I forgot it because you know I'm old. <laughs> um, so apparently, before the world, the world as we know it, sort of came into existence, the Hrutsang was one of the first creatures that the gods apparently made, and they folded with uh, this. You know, one god folded with its strength, the other one folded with might and rage and wisdom, and created this really powerful being. And they realized that that was a mistake because it was like the apex predator. It didn't have any. It didn't have any creatures of itself and everything, it could eat everything. And so they tried to kill it, it was indestructible because that's what they made it. And so they split it into two, an elephant and a snake, and that's how come we have our snakes and elephants today. But um, apparently one of slung survived, and conveniently enough it was pregnant, and so it crept away into a dark cave and hid there until it gave birth. And it would call down elephants to the cave, wrap its snake body around it and crush them. Uh, until their bones crumble before before basically eating the entire thing. And um, there's a tiny bit of like a dragon element to it, which is quite cool, is that it, apparently it hoards diamonds and gems and it sits on a mound of treasure. And so that's why people always try to go and find it. Um, and there's a place in... Uh, oh, the name has gone out of my head, but it's in South Africa, called the Bottomless Pledge, but I, don't, I can't remember where exactly it is. Um, and people have tried to go there, go to the cave to try to find it, and almost died, or have died, and have not been able to find it. Okay, so I do remember when I looked into this once before, and is it true that, that it's sort of like a dragon and that you can bargain with it? You can say, spare me, and, and you can give it gold and jewels, <laughs> and it'll, you know, because it's more greedy than it is hungry? Yeah, so if you, if you have a if you have a precious gem with you, it will it will take that as a as bargain, yeah. Right. So I guess that's one good reason to be carrying around gems and stones if you're you know walking around through the jungles of South Africa and coming upon a large body of water. There's a thousand bad reasons to be doing that. <laughs> uh, but if the Grootslang is your is your first fear, then I, I suppose you should uh, you know hide those things well from regular bandits and you know people and things like that. But uh, do you think it lured the elephants in by only showing its elephant head first? And that elephant's like, hey, cool. That's one of us. Let's go over there. And then it just sneaks upon them. No, so actually what it did is that it um, it used its elephant trunk to sound out a mating call, to sort of call the uh, uh, the male elephants in oh. uh, on the assumption that, you know, they could look for a mate. And um, it was a bad date. <laughs> they were literally crushed with love. That, that's some way of playing bad date. Okay, all right, that, that is a bad date. Um, yeah, so the elephants there are going hashtag me too, I suppose. Um, uh, because they're male elephants, it's going to be hashtag not all elephants. Oh, okay. I. <laughs> I stand corrected. I, I'm again. I'm not that current. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not that hip, and I'm told that hip people don't use the word hip. So, um, I mean, you're you're hip. You're wearing a pink Floyd shirt. That makes you hip. 
I mean, Pink Floyd's like from the 1960s, 70s, and yeah, 80s. Yeah, but that's the music that I, I, I know as well, so you know. Okay, well, then I was hip, <laughs> then I was hip first. Um, <laughs> when they lay their eggs, is it like, you know, like snakes lay like a hundred eggs at a time. Does the Gutschlang lay like a hundred eggs? And if that's the case, are there like uh, now 101 Gutschlangs in the same body of water? Or do they move out to other bodies of water? And it seems like you need a whole lot of food. It actually seems more to me like it's it's one large egg and you know how long it takes the elephant to give birth? Uh, how long is it? Like uh, 12, 12, 12 months? Something the, like that? The answer is no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a long time and basically I think that's... In fact, I don't even know if it comes out as an egg. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but that, I really want to imagine that it does. And the the root slang? Yeah. yeah, because I know the elephant doesn't come out as an egg. <laughs> I mean, I think you've only got your uh, duckbill platypus and echidnas for that in the uh, mammal family to lay eggs. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I kind of want to see it come out. Of, it comes out of the egg and it uses its like baby tusks to break open the egg. Cause it, that's so cute. It's cute. Now, it's now, now, when the baby reaches a certain age, is that when the mother passes on or are there two of them in eternity or can there is like highlander there can be only one well it seems like if, if this was the last fruit slung left and it was pregnant and if it only had one egg we're gonna call it then no when it passes away then it's only its last fruit slung and that seems to be i mean 1917 was the last time they tried to go look for it so, uh so there's one at a time this, yeah, yeah. So if, if it's the last one left, then there's no way for it to, unless it can, yeah, it's actually produced potentially. So if there was some stalwart people who believe that now with modern technology that they could find, hunt, and kill the Grootslang, they would end the scourge of the Grootslang entirely, which makes for an awesome movie, which of course they fail in it. Because <laughs> there's got to be sequels. They missed the egg. They miss oh the God, egg. Yeah. Every that, time I watch Godzilla. That's the end. Yeah, no, yeah, but they try to turn Godzilla into like a hero, sort of defending the planet. No, the good, no, the good, no, I, I hate that. Yeah, God, Godzilla can be defending the planet, but against man, not, 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 yeah. not to help man. I, it was so much better when they were like these titans, you know, sort of in this uh, Lovecraftian way. I mean, that that was cool. Like, oh, you know, like the giant twelve titans, like the twelve, and then of course we'd have to find the thirteen, just like just like the zodiac with the sun and the Arthur and the knights and Jesus and the apostles. You always you always have to get to unlucky thirteen to realize thirteen's really lucky, just unlucky for us. <laughs> exactly. Pacific Rim was a cool concept. I just felt like it was done badly. I'm just not interested in giant robots fighting giant monsters. I just want giant monsters to kill people. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And that's when I, I watched the latest, uh, I think it was the latest Godzilla movie, and it was so disappointing. Godzilla featured for, like, what, five seconds? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I've never been a King Kong person, never really saw how King Kong could ever stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Godzilla. And, I mean, I'm a little bit tired of these corporations that seem to have un endless funds but sell nothing. Like we're, we're, there are no new ideas. Yeah, you're you're experiencing billions of dollars of loss in technology. Yet you're building billions of dollars stuff, and you sell nothing. At least tell me that you sell like the world's best toasters or something. It, it, it makes sense that you got where all these billions came from, because you know, uh, yeah, money's not that easy to come by. 
you know, it's... Yeah, well, for them, Frankly, it is. Well, yeah, that, that's the, the classic Bondman villain conundrum. Though. You've, you've, got, you've got all this money, but nobody would spot. It's not like, you know, China, the Soviet Union, or, you know, Russia, or, or the U.S. would sponsor you and, get, you know, help you with this because you're there to destroy everyone. So you have to come upon the funds in some other way. And you've got these layers in, you know, like, what, what, what contractor do you call? Go like, Ace Contracting, uh, are you licensed? Yep, we're licensed and bonded. Okay, so can you make me a lair just outside of Antarctica in international waters between New Zealand and uh, the southern tip of Australia and Antarctica, uh, about three miles down in the deep, and then I need you to go another five miles down for all of my subterranean levels. And yes, there need to be missile silos. I need sev- several uh, Osprey ports. And I and I have at least six submarines, but I'm planning to expand to twelve. Uh, <laughs> plus, I need food storage and all modern. Oh yeah, I need Wi-Fi also. Yeah, really good Wi-Fi. Can can you do all that? Uh, of course we can. <laughs> it's it's kind it's kind of like uh, Jurassic Park the novel, where you know Hammond just sort of seems to he's got this terrible idea, yeah. and yet he's got all these people funding him, and he's got well, he's funding him. Money, but you know, he's got contractors and he's ignoring his lawyers and right. <laughs> someone manages to do all of this. Right, and, and of course mine would turn into a comedy where you get a typical contractor which like leaves the site for three weeks, you know, it's like you're calling them, I'm going to sue you. Where? You're an evil villain. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so I mean, this is not oh, going to work. But then you should base it in South Africa because that's what our contractors do, yeah. No, this, this, this is a universal truth. Contractors do that everywhere. Oh, yeah. If there's any contractors out there listening, I'm sorry, I don't mean you. Or if it is you, you know you do it, and you know it's just part. It's it's just part of your inner Thanos. It's okay. Um, all right, back back to the topic at hand. Before uh, we both right. jointly hijacked this show and and <laughs> took it in. Uh, I think this that was pretty good radio. But let, let, let's cut that off right here and let's go on to. Uh, so we've just left the Groot Slang, who was you know, one at a time, very scary beast. Uh, what else? What else we got in Africa that, that, that keeps the, the kids from wandering into the, the jungles at night? Mm. So now I have a couple more urban legends. I, I really like the urban legends in in South Africa, especially because we're just so we're really fucked up in the heads. I think when we when we come up with this. Uh, so this one from South Africa is called Pinky Pinky. Okay, Pinky Pinky. Yeah, and it is it has some similarities with Papa Power, mostly because it attacks kills and or rapes girls in bathrooms at school. So Papa Bauer was our first creature that was from the islands. There was a cyclops with talons yeah. and wings. Okay. So, but this one, okay, attacks girls in bathrooms that are in school. So nothing creepy at all about that. Uh, no, no. And also apparently it usually only attacks girls who wear pink underwear. I'm not too sure how it knows they were in pink underwear before, but... Maybe it can't see any other colors except pink, so it has x-ray vision, but the price of the x-ray vision is that it can only see one color in the spectrum, and that's pink? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, it, it came about in 1984, so oh. I have a feeling it's connected to, you know, the demise of apartheid, that sort of stuff, but I don't want to get into all that. Yeah, stuff. the demise of apartheid is usually considered a good thing. Um, oh, yeah. It's, but, but, it's, it's very Orwellian. You know, uh, 1984. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so what it looks like is that it uh, it's humanoid to a certain extent. So it's half man, half woman. 
half human, half animal, with features of dogs and cats on it. Uh, it's got one hand that's in the shape of a paw and the other one in the shape of a claw. Um, and it's completely white. What kind of claw? Like a crab claw? Like just a, like a Captain Hook hook? Uh... I think more of a Captain Hook hook, yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's why it, it's it's very, um, what is that? What is that movie with the hooked man? He also, uh, there was a whole story of him attacking women in bathrooms. Oh, it's a about, movie. You're not talking about Freddy Krueger with the razor fingers, are you? No, no, no. Uh, and the, the bees. There was aspect of bees. Oh my god, I watched it recently. Candyman? And the, there's a, yeah, yeah. Candyman. Candyman. Give me Candyman. Oh, candy well, candy yeah, Candyman, yeah. The, the, the Candyman was absolutely a, a myth and was actually taken from other myths. So, it, that could, that could be that could, could indeed be you know that was that was a commentary on on the projects which actually sort of maybe ties into what you were talking about your theory on on apartheid it, it's very possible that that something that like you know some kooky you know white people were doing to try to scare you know you know kids of color from you know coming into the cities yeah i, I think especially because it's described as completely white and i don't I, you know i don't think maybe that's a you know, so it's a completely white cat dog, half human, half <laughs> animal thing. Okay, hey, listen, yeah. that, that's fine. Is it white as in Caucasian or white as in like you know the color white? So that's where they leave it ambiguous, and I think that's deliberate because they're probably hinting to some actual crimes that happened. Oh yeah, uh, I mean uh, during apartheid and stuff like that. Yeah, but, that, um, yeah, that that sounds like a you know a, you know a tale of you know a serial rape. Uh, Mm, exactly. Yeah. Interestingly, the uh, boys at certain schools couldn't they actually can't see the pinky pinky compared to compared to the girls. Although some claim to have been attacked by them. Um, also, disappearances of school girls have been blamed on the pinky pinky. Um, uh, but yeah, so I think I think it's just you know it's just the idea of urban legends being used to mirror actual life. Well, why not? Why why should legends be limited to jungles or villages or farms or you know you know why wouldn't there be urban legends wherever there's people there there it's going to be myth and lore and there's more you know when there's more and more people in urban settings we need our urban legends I mean that that that's part of the tapestry of uh, humanity you know our our mm-hmm. garden of doomside so to speak yeah exactly. Um, I mean, even so, you with your show that's family and kid friendly. I mean, l- listen to you going here on on, on the uh, terror terror side. <laughs> this is the part. This is the part I keep in. That's right. Your, yeah, your no, secret I'm, is safe I'm, with I'm us. Come to your show for for all these things. You're welcome anytime. This 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 can this can be your safe space to to uh, share your you know your your darker musings, the, the the things that go bump in the night that you encounter that don't belong on your shows, but do belong somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I, I have dabbled in, uh, I did some stories for Halloween, and I dabbled in a few ghost stories, but that's about it. Sure. No, as you should. I mean, Halloween comes once a year, and there's, uh, and there's you know, other holidays similar around other parts of the world, you know. Uh, though it's strange. Halloween is, is strangely prevalent all around the world, even though the weather is, you know, not exactly the same in different hemispheres. Mm, well, I think it's people are just people are drawn to the macabre. They like it. They can't. They can't help. You can't help but be drawn into it. That's, I mean, the, uh, Stranger Things would not be as popular. People didn't like that sort of stuff. Well, that's true. But there's something about the, the 
I, there's some astrological reason for it, which is global uh, as, as to uh, why people saw things the same way, you know, around that October 30th to November 1st time. I, I, it has something to do with Sagittarius, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about that uh, I did know, but as I often say, I forgot. But it's but it's in shows. There, it's uh, you know I I have my archives of shows, and I can go back and I can re-educate myself. Asking you too, dear listener, you can go back and and learn what I have forgotten. Exactly. Um, so the pinky pinky has a similar legend attached to it, but I I view them as quite different, simply because pinky pinky is South African, and then we have Madame Koi Koi, who is from Nigeria, and uh, you also get a version. In South Africa, you get a version in, in uh, Ghana and Tanzania um, by various names, Madame Moke, Miss Konkoko, uh, all sorts of that. And the, there's always this koi koi or koko uh, noise because it's depicted as this woman who wears, basically walks around classrooms and school halls in bright red high heels, and it's a heel that makes that click, click, koi koi sound. Mm. Um, and she she essentially terrorizes children. And so the legend behind that, there's two there's two versions. The, I'll tell you the nicer one first. Uh, well, I say nice, but anyway. Uh, so Madame Kweko is a secondary school teacher. She was stylish and beautiful and attractive. She wore bright red heels. Um, but she was very, very harsh towards students. She would slap them, crib them. They And sometimes, no, but they wouldn't do anything to provoke it. She would just... She would just do that. And she was eventually fired for slapping a student in front of the principal. Um, and, and she managed to injure the student's ear. And as she was going home, she was involved in an accident. She died. And as she lay dying, she swore to haunt the school and haunt the children. Uh, she blamed them for what happened to her. Of course. Yeah. Um, but there's another version where she apparently didn't just slap the students. She would hang them up and whip them mercilessly, which that's, you know, and she would enjoy it, and, and, yeah. and there were no consequences, so everyone would just turn their head away, you know, um, and the students were complaining, and nothing was done, and so what they did was that one night, as Madame Koi Koi was leaving the school, a group of students came, and they cornered her, gagged her, and began to beat her as she used to beat them, and one student was even, even used to took off this lady's high heels and, you know, was beating her and um, opening wounds on her body. And she eventually died. Eventually was that she died. Killed by Christian Lebutans. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, and they panicked when they realized she was dead. They took her, they threw her over the fence of the school. And when eventually people started asking what happened, they just said there was an armed intruder and uh, they couldn't stop him. And that's what happened. And uh, so first, there was a couple of days of peace, and then one by one, those kids disappeared. Oh. Mm-hmm. Until only the child who used the high heels to beat her was left, and he is desperately trying to tell his parents, the teachers, other school kids what they had done, but no one believed them. Everyone just thought he was being silly and speaking nonsense. And he kept hearing the koi 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 sound of her heels. Because this was a boarding school, so he and he was, you know, staying at night, and it was driving him mad. And he eventually went to go find the noise because he couldn't stand anymore. And in the morning, he was found dead and beaten 
not been bloody. And they shut down the school, and the students were transferred. Well, she, she got her revenge, um, mm. even though she But was... she followed the students to the other schools. Oh, so. it, it doesn't end. Okay. So, so she's, you know, that's very like Japanese where the, where the ghost sort of follows you. Mm. Actually, yeah, even the name of the initial, I thought was quite Asian sounding, you know, the koi koi, but I suppose. Yeah. Well, sounds are sounds, but also, uh, what mm. was it? It was the conjuring where one of the ghosts like a, like, uh, attached itself to a, a kid who was like a, a or a man who was a like a walker, you know, he could walk and he could astrally project himself. Like the, everybody mm-hmm. thought that the ghosts uh, attached themselves to a structure, but this one attached itself to a person. And so wherever they went, the ghosts followed them. So, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, usually in Western, it's, it's, you're, they're haunting a place. Yeah, true. And, and, and I think they would have thought it would, that's why they, you know, they shut down the school. Uh, I mean, I think for the kids, it would have been, you know, they shut it down and that would be the end of her, but no, she's attached to the, she's attached to the students because those are the people she hates. So she, but she is a ghost of sorts or is she corporeal? I think she's more of a ghost because it, it, there's all these elements like only at night do you hear her, there's no reports of seeing her, so she's probably invisible and she, she scratches away children and no one knows, no one sees what happens. This is a strange one because she's sort of righteously killed, but still she's continuing her evil ways and she's stepped up her evil game in the afterlife, so it would seem. Mm. So this yeah. is, is like no, there's no happy ending. There's no, there's, it's not like, it, it's not even justice. I mean, the kids, you can say they, they took street justice too far, but, you know, sort of what else were they to do? Um, I don't know. It, this is, yeah, that, that's dark. This is, this is pretty dark. Yeah, our our legends. I mean, even with the Papa Bawa, you know, there's no stories of. There, there was one story of of potentially having killed. Everyone thought they managed to kill the Papa Bawa. Turned out it was just a, it was just a very poor soul who ran away from a psychiatric hospital. Oh. Uh, and there was another attack. So we don't we don't seem to be too successful of uh, getting rid of the the bad guys. <laughs> supernatural beings. Well, they're not supernatural for nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do we have any others? Yeah, we've got a last one. Uh, and this is quite a popular one. So you've heard it. A Takalosh? I don't know. Keep going. Takalosh? T O K O L O S H? H E, yeah. There we go. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I have. So the Takalosh. Um, so it's also from South Africa, uh, And it's a water sprite slash. I'm going to say like demon. And. Um, Sometimes just mischievous and sometimes pure evil. Um, it's usually summoned by somebody uh, who wants to inflict harm upon another. So it's more connected to witchcraft um, or magic, you can say. And so it can do a range of things. It can just cause havoc in someone's lives. It can scare children. Or it can do a bit more severe things, you know, bites up people's toes, <laughs> causes illness, and chokes people to death, you know. It, it's kind of like a one shop all, you know, you can choose what you want. Very versatile. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And uh, usually a pastor is able to be uh, asked to come in and will then sort of banish it back to the spirit world. Um, but it would kill people at night, and it's it's described as a it's a short man-like being, about hip-high, uh, covered in hair or completely bald, gray skin, thin, bony, 
bony fingers, sharp fingernails, and um, sometimes described as its eyes being gouged out. Ooh. So not like it didn't have any eyes, but you can actually see like you know remnants uh, dangling out, which is just kind of nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's because some tales of those that haven't found actual evidence would be that they would uh, scoop up victims' eyes and stuff like that. Um, and <laughs> interestingly, it also would um, sexually assault some of the victims and with its very large member, which is so long that it's slung it over its shoulder. Oh, okay. As one does. As one does, yeah. You yeah. kind of have to put it. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna leave that one alone. <laughs> I started with the sixteen, and I'm ending with the sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, you are consistent on the on those bookends. So, yeah. Well, I guess good for it. Um, I guess bad for its victims because that sounds like that would be really, really. You know, not that there's great ways to die, but that sounds like it would be you know down there at the bottom of of anyone's list. You know. Where, yeah. Yeah. Death, it, death by penetration by like a tree trunk. Yeah, I think it could probably borrow around for its money, definitely. Um, so a witch doctor would summon it, and the price would be so if someone wants to get revenge, the price would be the sacrifice of of a loved one, and the person summoning it, or the person asking for it to be summoned, can't choose. So the witch, the, the the creature will choose at random, and it can choose its 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 price. You know, next week, next month, next year. So at some point, you one of your loved ones is going to just mysteriously die. Um, and what the witch doctor would do is they would summon the spirit, and the spirit will possess a dead body by stabbing a hot iron rod through uh, the eye sockets and the brain. Sprinkling the body with a special powder, which then shrinks it to the top colossus size, size basically. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, once it fulfills its task, it takes its uh, it takes its soul and uh, leaves. That's the kind of specificity I like in my in my monster stories. Do we know what the special powder is? Is it is it like you know is it a special formula powder, or is that just only known to the witch doctor? I think it's only known to the witch doctor. They don't seem to. They, I say witch doctor. Probably the correct term is sangomas. They they are often well. No, sangomas are, are medical, are herbal healers, and I think the witch doctors are the more malevolent kind. Um, and and the sangomas, you know, they tell you what to mix together to make a medicine or or something like that. Whereas the witch doctors, it's very much secrets kept. Well, in all magic, there is there's your better magicians and your more evil magicians. There's your good sorcerers, your bad. There's your good shamans, your bad shamans. Your good druids, your not so good druids. So, you know that, that that that's fine. You know we we use witch and doctor as without the implication of of malevolence. So, you know, uh, I I know a couple of witches and there's nothing wrong with them. They're perfectly lovely people. Um, I'm not just saying that so that they sprinkle me with with. Good, good uh, you know, good wishes and spells of protection and stuff. Uh, so, if, if if they are, you want to keep it on. You just want you want to keep them on your good side. You know, you don't want to you want to be on their side. You don't want to risk anything. I want to keep everyone with powers on their uh, on the good side. I generally I generally want to keep most everyone on my good side, with the exception of some people in the wrestling universe. But nobody nobody really cares about that. Um, <laughs> you know, except for the wrestling universe itself, which is mercifully small. Um, <laughs> And uh, for those of you who are interested, 
Hammerlock Hangover, and plenty of other shows on the PWC. PWC Network at podbean.com for me on lots of wrestling shows. I don't normally promote those on, on this show, but it seemed like it was a natural thing. No, you had to. So you have a whole show for wrestling. Oh, yeah. I, I do one with uh, called Hammerlock Hangover with my partner, Steve Pena, Big Daddy Cool, on that show. And on the PWC, I, I'm on a bunch of shows with Jimmy T at Australia and sometimes uh, Chris Ams from uh, Canada. And, uh, and there's uh, a rotating cast of others, uh, Mostly from the U.S., but, uh, you know, from around. But, yeah. Yep. Yeah, very cool. All of my shows are on the PwC Network. Uh, the nice thing about that is if you go to pwcnetwork.podbean.com, you can just pick whatever shows you want as opposed to subscribing. So if people subscribe to Garden of the Doom, they also get Garden Views. Um, mm. And some people don't want them both. Or you don't want, a, you know, two shows coming in your feed every week. But if you just go to the website, you just pick whatever show you want to watch. And, you know, so... Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, pro wrestling is one vice I've never been able to fully kick. And at this point, I've sort of given up trying to kick it and I just put it into my, what counts for a cyber social life. Um, so, so there it is. So folks, now, now, you know, uh, if you didn't know before, now, you know, just like Hit Row says, if you didn't know, now, you know, um, so, all right. Where else can they find you to find out more about your brighter side as opposed to your darker side that you expressed today? Um, you can remind them about your podcast and anything else that you have going on. Right. So I've got, um, I've actually got three podcasts, although my, my third one is very new still. So I've got Legendary Africa, which I talked about, Myths and Legends in Africa, the Asian Tapestry, Myths and Legends in Asian Tapestry. And then I also have a podcast, a new party, uh, called Once Upon a Daydream, which is basically where I... I uh, read out public domain books, and that's generally, it's also very sweet, it's how people try to sleep better. So I think I, I did Winnie the Pooh at some point, yes, I did that. Uh, so it's more for, like, you know, kids and people just struggling to go to sleep. It's nothing dark. <laughs> well, you know they also, just made a Winnie the Pooh horror movie. I did, I, and I saw the images, and it looks really free in my head right now, so that's great. Yeah, I'm going to wait for it to come on one of the, you know, cable channels, but I'm definitely watching it. I'm, I'm, I, I think that's, that... I think that that was an awesome, sick idea. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I hope they do I, I that with more public domain thing. You know what? Lovecraft is becoming public domain in about oh, really? three more years. It's either 24 oh, or 25. It's, it's not something like that. So, you know, there's going to be lots of stuff coming out on that. I just love how, like, as soon as Winnie the Pooh became public domain, they're like horror movie. Well, I mean, what are the, of course, they're going to do horror and porn. What, what, what else? Are, <laughs> I don't have to put my. something like that in the universe. It's just too obvious. Someone's, it, I'm sure they've already done it. I, 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 I don't even look at that stuff. I don't need to. Um, it's not my thing. Uh, the horror thing really isn't my thing, but I'm definitely interested in checking. I actually heard it was pretty good. Anyway, I, I, I feel like so, yeah. I feel like we're going down a path that there's no return if we continue on it. But so, right. but folks, her her podcasts are definitely family friendly. They are kid friendly. They're there. You can tell her voice is lovely. Very sing songy. Uh, help you, they'll help you sleep where they're supposed to help you sleep. They'll keep you enraptured where you're trying to listen to uh, some tales from perhaps places in the world that you're not familiar with, or perhaps places in the world that, that you are very familiar with, and they'll be comforting to you and uh, and uh, help you out. So check out her podcast. Um, do you have a Patreon or anything? Uh, no, all my podcasts are completely free. Me and, too. Um, 
Look at this. Free I've, content creators. We're not asking you for anything except the, except your time and to listen and, and we are yeah. we're rewarding you with good content. Quality content, consistent content. Yeah, best way to support us is to, you know, comment on social media or tell people about us. Um, my podcasts are all on Spotify, the Apple Podcasts. I think they're actually on Amazon Music as well at this point. Um, so, yeah, and then hit me up on Twitter if you guys are interested in Veterinary Pod or Asian Tapestry. Yeah. See, I do follow you on Twitter. I think you follow me back, but obviously you don't look at my Twitter because you would know that I'm doing the wrestling because that's pretty much all I do on there. I always see I always see you talking about wrestling, but I didn't realize you actually had a wrestling podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I, I always see like a bunch of tweets and I, I I know nothing about the wrestling world. I'm like, oh, this guy's really into wrestling, but I didn't know you had a whole podcast. Oh, yeah, more than one. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. feel, feel free to check those out and it's never too late to be to become a child okay. and, and like professional wrestling. Um, yeah. I like boxing. Not exactly the same thing, but uh, no. yeah, it's, it's okay. All right, folks, thanks very much. Sorry about the, the pro wrestling talk, but hey, this is a conversation. Conversations go where conversations go, and we are humans, although we're, you know, obviously have dark sides, especially today. But I, I thank Tashira for coming on again. And uh, as you heard, she booked herself for a show on ghost stories about shipwrecks around the Cape of Good Hope. Hopefully, I'm going to remember that because of you. You're going to be my mnemonic device because I, you know you're from South Africa, so I can you know hopefully I can remember those three data points together in my head. Um, so check out her podcast and whatever she said about her podcast and how to support them. Same goes for mine. And we will hear you again next week in the Garden of Doom.
Introducing the Planet Fitness Guide to Getting That Post-Workout Glow. Step 1. What's your why? More epic energy? Better sleep? Blow off steam? Step 2. Join Planet Fitness for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime, and get moving. Go cardio crazy in our clean and spacious clubs, or get down with some dumbbells and strength equipment. Step 3. Bask in that post-workout glow. Join Planet Fitness today for $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, October 14th. It's glow time. See club for details.